Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Calm Collective Podcast. I'm Cassandra, and I'm so grateful that you're here with me today for another episode. I am so excited about this one. Erin Claire Jones is here with us today, who is a sought-out human design expert. She is so talented at what she does, and she's going to break it down piece by piece for all of us. But before we dive in, I really encourage you to hit pause on this episode and to look up your own chart by visiting the link in the show notes where it says, look up your design type. This is done through Erin Claire's website. And from there, you'll enter in your birth information. So your birth date, your birth time. If you don't know this, ask your parents if you're able. The exact time is ideal, as well as making sure that you have the correct time zone. Um, It'll also ask you for uh, the city in which you were born, and then it will take you to your chart, which will look a bit overwhelming, but for now, just go ahead and see what your design type is. It will be either projector, reflector, generator, manifesting generator, or manifester. All of these steps are listed in the show notes as well. Having this information as we flow into this episode with Erin Claire will just be really, really helpful and expansive for you to be able to adopt the guidance that she provides and just apply it to your own life. So let's go. So I could not be more thrilled to have human design expert and just all around beautiful human Erin Claire Jones joining me today and to be able to give you all the magic and insight into what human design is and just all that it can provide and give to your life. And for me personally, it's been one of the greatest gifts I've ever received. So my promise to all of you today is to make sure that you walk away from this episode feeling like you have a good understanding as to what human design is. And more than that, that you walk away feeling truly seen because As human beings walking this earth, that is ultimately what we all deserve. So I'm feeling especially grateful to have Erin Claire of all people to provide this information to you because she has such a gift for explaining it in a way that's very easy to digest. Um, She has been featured by Forbes, Nylon Magazine, Well and Good, and has also graced so many other podcasts. So Erin, thank you so much for being here. I've really been looking forward to this. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me and saying so many sweet things. Yeah, it's just the truth. Um, Mm -hmm. So first things first, before we dive deep into human design, I like to provide the listeners with a visual. So can you paint a picture as to what life looks like for you right now in this present moment? Mm, in the time of coronavirus, yes. yes. So <laughs> it's very limited. I'm not. Um, I live in Brooklyn right now, in New York, um, in a beautiful home with my partner. And so, you know, we are mostly 100 percent at our home right now. So mm-hmm. I work from here. I do my workouts from here. I do my meditation, mm-hmm. my yoga. Eat all my meals here. We had like a little bit of an adventure today because we have a beautiful roof on the building. And so we got like chairs, lawn chairs for our roof. So we went up today and just sat in the sun, which was so nice. But yes, these days I'm just inside all day, every day. Yes. I think you speak for everybody. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm jealous of that sunshine. Chicago's not getting any. Oh, no sun, you said? Mm -mm. Just fog and rain. I know. Makes such a difference. So let's jump into your background a bit. So where are you from? What was your childhood like? And just what was your journey like getting to this point? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I really could have predicted that I would be working Mm -hmm. with human design. That was not a thing that I knew existed when I was young. Um, I grew up in Seattle. I had one sister. 
And, you know, childhood was great. I think that like my parents have always been very trusting of me to kind of do whatever, whatever I feel led up by and whatever I feel drawn to. And I think I've always had kind of a weird and quirky path. And they, even though they like never understood what I do, they're always just like, she seems to be doing it well. So Mm. we're just going to keep, you know, supporting her and loving her from afar. So I felt really a lot of permission growing up to just like be exactly who I was. And I think in terms of my journey, you know, I was always like, interested in personal development in so many different ways. I was like seeking out Shambhala and meditation centers in high school in New York and like Mm. going on meditation retreats. And I think when I moved to New York early in my career, I, you know, was always pursuing those things on the side, but I got really interested in business. So I worked at a lot of different startups and was just like consistently observing a lot of dysfunction. I was like, these Mm. teams are amazing. These people are amazing. The visions are great, but like no one knows how to work together. And I was just always so obsessed with the people part of it. I just like really understanding and seeing people and having conversations and like I was always the one that they would kind of vent to and I think that I just felt like there were these two separate parts of my life where I was like spending my weekends at like Omega Center doing my like Reiki training or my yoga training mm-hmm. or my Kundalini training you know and then working in business um during the week and I think when I discovered human design it was so serendipitous it just like bridged everything together so mm-hmm. I was sitting at a party in the Lower East Side for those familiar to with New York and a guy sat next to me and looked at my human design, which will, you know, you'll know how to do soon, or you might under, mm-hmm. under, already with the show notes. But he basically just started telling me all this stuff about myself that felt so intuitive and just like so real, but it felt like stuff I'd never really allowed myself to step into. Mm. And so he really opened the door for me. And then when he really shared how it could be brought into business and how we can kind of engineer teams based on human design, my mind was like just totally blown. And so I actually really committed to building a company and working with him before I really understood it all. I just like had such a Oh, wow. Feeling that I was like, oh, this is it. You know what I mean? It's just so funny when I think back. I was like, I knew nothing. I was just like so clear that it like needed to be out in the world. And it's been like such a journey getting where I am now. But it wasn't like I started. It was like, everything's perfect. It's all working. Everyone wants to work with me. I think when I first started, no one had any idea what human design was. Yeah. I was still getting my footing. Um, but you know, I I feel so grateful to be where I am now. So I launched my own practice, um, early 2018 and it really coincided with when just human design started taking off in a whole new way. And so it's been such a wild couple of years, just kind of watching Mm -hmm. it grow in the way that it has. That just sounds like such a beautiful trust fall. I love that so much. Yeah. So, okay, so first things first, what is human design exactly? Because there might be some people who are scratching their heads, some people who might be vaguely familiar, but can you just kind of give us the background on what it is? Yes. So human design is based on your exact time, date, and place of birth. And the idea is that it gives you your energetic DNA. So it helps you understand how you're meant to make decisions, communicate, work within teams, cultivate relationships, literally Mm -hmm. all the things. So just think of it as giving you like your operating manual. It's like we come into the life without one and human design just gives us one. And for context, there are about 2 billion different configurations. So everybody's incredibly unique and it really gives us both the self-knowledge, but also just the tools to really step into kind of our own unique potential. I mean, the more like traditional name of human design is like the science of differentiation and the Mm. idea is just that like we are all differentiated we're all unique we're all different and like kind of in the fact that we're all so different it brings us so much closer together and so I think that human design is so useful in kind of understanding and stepping into our own differences but also understanding like how differently our partner operates or our colleague or our parent or our sibling just like and to kind of really understand and honor and accept those differences Mm. so where was uh, human design originated so human design um, has been around since 1987. 
The founder, his name is Ra Uhuru, who he's no longer alive, but he was in Ibiza. He had became, he was formerly in Canada and he was in Ibiza and he was walking home one day and basically just heard a voice and the voice was like, it's time to work. And so for eight days and eight nights, he channeled the system, meaning he just like received so much information and it was not a thing that he had encountered before. And then he spent the next 20 years building it out, you know, and so he is so unbelievable and it really obviously has pretty mystical origins. Mm -hmm. And I think that's always so fun to kind of bring up at companies because they're like, you know, where did this come from? Yeah. So just sharing that story, but also reminding people that like, it's not a belief system. It's not mm-hmm. a thing that I'm ever trying to convince people of. It's just like, it's a really helpful tool. And I think often when people hear the information, they're just like, oh my God, that resonates on such mm-hmm. a cellular level that like, I don't even care where it comes from. I just know that it resonates. Mm-hmm. So prior to the show, uh, before it started, I asked everyone to take a moment to pause the episode and to pull up their own charts so that hopefully you all have that ready to go or you can always revisit the episode once you've had a chance to do so. But um, I wanted everyone to just be able to see what their design type is before we dive into this next part. I would love for you to talk about each of the design types. There are five, correct? Correct. Okay. So there are manifesting generators, generators, projectors, reflectors, manifestors. And like you said, you know, you might resonate with pieces from a few different ones. Mm-hmm. Like know that this is the first piece. Like you mm-hmm. sat with your friend who is also a projector and like, you know, I'm a projector too. I look at your design. We have radically different designs, you know, mm-hmm. and of course similarities in there. So just like knowing that this is just the first piece. So not being like, oh my God, this is all of it. Right. Um, so the majority of the population are manifesting generators and generators. And these are basically the people that really have the energy and the life force to kind of build and create and make things happen. They're kind of meant to wake up in the morning with a full think of energy mm-hmm. to use their energy in super satisfying mm-hmm. ways throughout the day and then kind of crash and wake up recharged. Like if they haven't fully kind of exhausted their like energy tank throughout the day, they might go to bed and feel a little bit restless or even just depleted. You know, I had a client in San Francisco a couple of weeks ago. She was so funny. She was like, sometimes I go to bed and like I ask my boyfriend to wrestle because I just like haven't exhausted oh my, my gosh. You know That's what I mean? Amazing. Like, I just haven't yeah. exhausted my tank and I've got to. He's a projector. He's like, no. <laughs> no, my partner does the same thing. He like gets somebody's like, I gotta just use it all up, you know? And yeah. I'm just like, go do it elsewhere, you know? Yeah, that's like, so funny. And so it's just like, there is like, they've got to use up their energy and it's so cool. And so the idea is that when they're really committing their energy to things that they really enjoy, they're basically lifting up the energy of everyone around them and creating mm. energy for everyone else. So like, that makes so it's much actually, sense. what'd you say? That makes so much sense for the people yeah. I know that are. Man and it's just so of service to the mm-hmm. world for them to like be following their desires and yeah. following what they're drawn to. And they can feel like selfish, like, oh, I should just like do what everyone else is asking me to do. But it's actually just like the reverse that they should mm-hmm. actually be doing like what lights them up and, and doing that, that kind of lights up the world. And so the difference between the two is that manifesting generators often thrive when they have their energy in a lot of things at once. They're not really meant to do just one thing, but like all the things. And mm-hmm. they're meant to be kind of very multi-passionate by nature and always pivoting between different things. And generators are more around mastery of like I will focus on this one thing and then when it's time to move on I'll do the next Mm. and both of those types are really here to kind of build their lives and businesses and opportunities through magnetism it's all about just like attracting things to them and their work is to just really kind of tune into their gut to know what they're available for and what they're not Mm. makes sense yeah that makes perfect sense Then we've got projectors. So projectors are really here to kind of be the advisors, the leaders, the guides, the teachers. They're not really here to do all the doing. And so their gift is really in the way that they see the world and kind of in their perspective and not in like how much they're doing or how hard they're working. And often as projectors, our gift is in really being very sensitive to energy and just like in guiding people. Mm -hmm. So whether that's like as a CEO and manager and kind of guiding a team, whether that's like as a coach, a therapist, a psychologist, whatever it is, like it's just you're really here to kind of support and guide others. 
often projectors love to just like master and understand systems, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it's systems of making something more efficient or just a system of helping them understand people. Like I'm just like, I've done all the certifications because I love them. But human design was so satisfying for me because it just gave me a lens and a framework to even more deeply understand the people around me. Mm -hmm. And so, so much of being a projector is really learning how to honor the ebbs and flows of your energy. So leveraging the energy when it's there, but really resting when it's not. And even in this really weird time and like of being quarantined, you know, which who knows how long it will last. Like it is a time for a projector to kind of really tune into that need for rest Mm. and really kind of taking that rest and like not pushing themselves to go, 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 go. So the strategy for projectors is all about waiting to kind of be recognized, waiting to be recognized and invited in. So rather than initiating and chasing after things, it's kind of waiting for other people to recognize and really invite them in to share their gift. Mm. They don't need an invitation to like study a new thing or move to a new city, but it would involve sharing their gifts and like working with people and dating people and living with people that's when that invitation is so key Mm, how does that land for you as a projector yep that sounds about right (laughs) yeah and do you feel like you're pretty good at that invitation piece um no and I do want to get into that um I want to talk about strategy in a little bit but no yeah that part's challenging for me actually Yeah, well, it's it's often not the way that most of us have been, mm-hmm. been conditioned, and we'll talk about that a little, a little bit, but I think that I was so nervous discovering that early on, because mm-hmm. I was like, how am I supposed to build a business? And yeah. it's been so fun really understanding what that means, and like, how to kind of really use it in a way that is very active and not passive. Yeah. Um, so then we have manifestors. Manifestors are the ones that are really here to initiate and get things started. They're here to kind of get the ball rolling, make things happen, get things started. They're really here to be like in control, like freedom, Mm -hmm. autonomy, and control are everything for them. Mm -hmm. And so if they're in an environment where they're kind of being controlled or told what to do, it can be very challenging because they really are here to kind of do things on their own terms and in their own ways. So in the context of companies, like they're often going to just thrive if they're given their own domain to do what they please. Um, Or, you know, if they're working for themselves and just have their freedom to really chart their own path, Mm -hmm. they can be very naturally innovative and kind of see the future and feel like everyone else is a little bit behind the times. Um, and their strategy is all about initiating, making the first move when that comes to dating, business, all the things, but also informing. So once they made a decision, reflecting on all the people that decision is going to impact and making sure they let them know. Mm, okay. And then we have reflectors and so reflectors are the last type. And these are, um, a very, it's a very small percentage, about 1%. And these are people that are kind of like our collective mirrors. These are people that take in everything in their environment and mirror it back to us. So we often get a good sense of how a community or a team is operating based on how the reflector is showing up and their identity is always mutating and changing. They're going to have times when they feel like a generator, like a manifesting generator, like a projector, like a manifester. And their magic is kind of being fluid in all those things and not Mm. trying to put themselves into one box. And they also tend to carry this very objective perspective. They can kind of see things that other people miss. And so it's so wonderful for them to be in environments where they're really invited in to share their perspective. Whenever I have a reflector around, I'm literally just like asking their perspective all the time because it's just so next level. Uh So are they super sensitive beings by nature or, okay. They are in a different way. You know, we're all sensitive in different ways. They're Mm -hmm. kind of just like always sampling different ways of being. Mm. So they can like, they don't always like the shadow would be kind of taking that all all on as their own, but Mm -hmm. the wisdom is just kind of sampling it all and kind of reflecting it back and just like giving us clarity through that. Oh, that's really cool. I love that. So getting into the chart a bit. So while people are looking at it, can you talk about what the white versus colored areas are yes. of the chart? So when you look at a human design chart, you'll see that there are nine different geometric shapes corresponding to the chakras. The idea that we have nine chakras, not seven, mm-hmm. or that it's evolved. And the areas are going to either be colored in or white. 
And so when the areas are colored in, it basically means that's where you're drawing your energy from. That's kind of like, those are the things that are operating in a more reliable and consistent way within you. Mm -hmm. And the areas that are white and open are the areas where you are the most sensitive and open and kind of taking in other people's energy. And often the areas where you can actually get the most taken off track. And so it's so useful to kind of know what those areas are so you can know where you're most sensitive to taking in other people's energy and also what are the things that you can kind of rely on in a more consistent way for you. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So for example, like an open area for you is you have an open emotional center, which means that you can be so naturally empathetic and so open and sensitive to kind of the emotions of others. And like, there's such a gift in that, but also Mm -hmm. it can be a little bit challenging at times if you start to take on stuff as your own and sort of kind of personalize other people's stuff or just get overwhelmed by it and like avoid confrontation because of it. So like your work is to kind of like be able to mirror back people's emotions and give them language for them, but like not to kind of personalize them and take them all on as like your own experience. Okay. So how, yeah. So I guess, can you break that down a little bit more? So how would you recommend or suggest that people can work to create that separation, especially if you're, let's say like living in a full household or a major city and you're taking all of that on? Yeah, I think that like physical space is great. Like, you know, if you have that open emotional center and if you're in like a heated meeting or maybe in a heated conversation with a partner, just be like, Mm -hmm. you know what? Like, I'm feeling a lot right now. I'm not totally sure if it's all mine. So like, I'm just going to take a walk. I'm going to go get a tea. I'm going to like take a shower. Like it's often by taking a little bit of that physical space. Like, and obviously not like I'm going to drive away, but more like just, I'm going to come back to my own energy and a little bit less out of, and like not in someone else's field. Mm -hmm. Then you can become a little bit clearer on like what's actually yours and what's not. You know, and I think that the recommendation in human design is actually for everyone to sleep in their own energy, which I know is not always possible. Meaning like if you live with a partner to have your own bedrooms Mm -hmm. or like, you know, if one travels or sleeps on the couch or whatever it is, because the idea is like we all kind of need time to just like let go of all the energy that's not ours. Mm. And so creating some space for that can be so useful. So yes. And I think even just the awareness is so useful, like knowing that as like a very as somebody with an open emotional center that you can take on and magnifying, magnify other people's stuff. Like if you start to feel a lot to just ask yourself the question of like, is this mine or is it not? Mm-hmm. And often you'll intuitively know, like I was in a session with a woman yesterday and she's like, yeah, I was like having coffee with a friend. And then I left and I was just like feeling all this stuff and it felt so unfamiliar. It was just like so clear that it wasn't her stuff, you know, but I think that, so people often when they ask that question, it can become pretty clear. That's so interesting. So I, so there's two things I want to say there. Cause one, you said, you mentioned like just needing to just take a little space and come back to your own energy. What's so interesting about that is that I've done that in partnership. And oftentimes that can be a trigger for some people. Um, even if you vocalize it in the way of like, look, I just need a little bit of space to like gather my thoughts. It can be looked mm-hmm. as like, if you're just walking away or like, you know, you're avoiding the conversation. And that's another reason why I love human design so much is because there's such a deep understanding there of like energetically what is correct for me and what will bring forth the best outcome. Yeah. And just like, and that's why I love sitting with partners or business mm-hmm. partners or friends, just because like you stop taking that stuff personally. Yeah. You're like, oh, like you're even, free you know, of that. God. Yeah, like my partner and I just understanding our designs, like knowing he's super empathetic and like I have a tendency of my design to kind of project out my emotions. So if I'm feeling really good, the people around me will probably feel really good. And if I'm feeling not Mm. great, people are going to feel that too. And so knowing that dynamic that he can take it and kind of magnify my emotions has been so revealing because when I'm in like an emotional low, he's like, you know, go through your thing, like ride out the wave, but also like 
this is, I'm going to like take some space, you know, mm-hmm. and then I'll like come back. And I think it's been so nice to understand what needs to happen rather than, than like taking it personally and kind of like getting in the depths of it in, in an unhealthy way. Yeah. And what's also so funny is, so I did not know the part of um, like the sleeping um, yeah. that it's better oh, to sleep cool. by yourself. And what's really funny is that in past partnerships, there would be many nights where I would wake up and I would move myself into another room because exactly. I would just like intuitively be like, I just, I'm feeling off. Like I just need my own space. And of course the next morning they would be like, what did I do? You know, was I snoring? And I'm like, no, like it really has nothing to do with that. It was me. And that, like when you said that, it just clicked together. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so interesting. Yeah. And it's like, we just need. so intuitively know that. Yeah. And again, we just like often don't allow ourselves to like step into it. And I love bringing up sleep because there's so much stigma around it. You know, yeah. there's an assumption that like, oh, if you're not sleeping in the same bedroom, it means your relationship's not great or whatever. Like mm-hmm. you don't want to be together. And like, I just think it's actually the opposite. I think it makes for such a more sustainable relationship and just like being able to choose when to come together and having the default yeah. be your own space. So I most, I expected so much resistance, like at the beginning <laughs> when I started sharing that with clients, but like everyone just like has a dreamy look on their eyes. They're yeah. like, oh, They're like I can sleep amazing. alone. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's not like you can't like do the whole pillow top cuddle prior to sleep, you know, it's oh kind God. of like the snuggle yeah. role, like, you know, the roll over is like going to your separate bedrooms. <laughs> 100% you know and yeah. I think that like I start every day like my partner and I have in our own bedrooms and it doesn't mean we sleep apart every night but like mm-hmm. if when we do sleep apart you know it's like we'll always start the day together like I'll yeah. go to his bed or he'll come into mine and it's Aww. just like it's so fun you yeah. know and, and then we get so excited when we do sleep together so I think it's such a beautiful um practice if people like are open to it I also know that there are like financial constraints totally. like some One people bedroom maybe or... can't afford two bedrooms so even yeah. just having a couch or going to bed earlier staying in bed a little bit later on your own can also yeah. be Useful. That also from the romantic perspective, um, this is kind of like off the subject, but my parents would always do this thing where when they were like going on a date or something, they would get ready in separate bathrooms and then they would like come together and be like, oh, it was just like really exciting for I them to that. not, you know, not watch each other get ready, but to like see the reveal like 30 plus years into their marriage, they would do that. And I just thought that was so sweet. And the bedroom dynamic kind of shares that same yeah, energy. Totally. I, think. Oh. I think that's amazing because I yeah. just think that like when there's so much togetherness in relationships mm-hmm. of like we're going to live in the same place, we're going to share all these things, like cultivating yeah. that separateness so you can kind of like go from, you know, separateness to togetherness and like it just like often brings you even closer together. I'm intrigued. <laughs> I like that. Good. Okay, so I want to roll back to strategies. I know you touched on that when you were talking about each design, but can you bullet point um, each strategy for the design? Yes. Um, and maybe shed some light on how we're meant to follow them. Yes. So for generators and manifesting generators, it's basically trusting that everything is meant to come to you. We call it waiting to respond. Mm -hmm. So you basically are just waiting for something in your environment to kind of trigger a gut response to let you know you have the energy for that thing. Mm -hmm. And so rather than being like, I have all this pressure to go initiate this idea and make this thing happen. It's like, I've got to just open up my awareness, see what's showing up in my world, see what my gut is pulling me to and let that be the guide. If it feels like nothing's coming to you, then like, you know, put yourself on the traffic of more things, like Mm. make yourself available for more things and kind of see what you respond to, you know, whether it's researching online or like going to an event, like, again, like let yourself kind of just pay attention to what your body's really pulling you, pulling you to. Mm. And then for projectors, it basically means that we don't need, like I said, to like 
an invitation when it comes to just like something that we're doing on our own or even just like cultivating our own craft. But like, because you bring such a different thing to the table as a projector, it's just like so key to be invited in because like if you're brought into a company and expected to operate like a generator, it's probably going to be a bit more challenging. But when you're really like invited in and recognized to show up as a projector and like in your own gift, it can be so empowering. So like I said, when it involves like sharing your gifts or working with someone or living with someone or dating someone, that's where the recognition and invitation is key. And I say recognition and invitation because like just because you're invited doesn't mean it's the right thing. There's the recognition piece of do I actually feel authentically recognized in this invitation? Mm. And I think when I first discovered this, like I shared a little bit earlier, I was just like, oh my God, like this feels so passive. How am I supposed to build a company? And I think that so much of my work has been, how can I actually, as a projector, make myself visible? How can I share about what I'm doing in a really authentic and broad way and let the right people find me? Mm-hmm. And like, this is very different than how I showed up in my first iteration of the human design business of like, I'm going to reach out to specific companies and like pitch them. Or even like, I was so, I think I like maybe wrote human design on my Instagram, but like, I would never share about it. I was just like being visible felt very scary. And I think this time around, I'm just like, I, my business like grows whenever I just share what I do. So like my work is to just keep sharing. So basically for me, whether it's like through newsletters or talks or podcasts or Instagram, it's just like my job is to make myself visible. And then like that basically makes me available for the invitations and recognition. Mm, That is so spot on. And I still kind of weave in and out of that. Um, I think for me, the hardest part with the invitation is society's kind of pressure, I guess, of, you know, the, the mantra of like, you've got to hustle. And if you want it, you have to go and get it. Or, you know, friends and family will be like, well, if that's what you want to do, just like, go do it. And I'm like, but you don't understand. Like, I can't just like, (laughs) go do it because I've tried that for so long. And I always come up to cricket. So human design, again, was like this permission slip, you know, to tap into what works for me and what doesn't and what lands well for me and what doesn't. And like any time that I would really go after something, it was like I was hitting my head up against this wall. And then when I finally, like this podcast, for instance, this was a huge invitation from multiple people before Mm -hmm. I took the plunge. And I have never felt more recognized or seen or understood just by showing up here every week and, you know, sharing content and sharing my experiences with people Um, and you can really, you can really tell the difference between putting something out there and not having it be received and then putting something out there and, and just like being seen, if that makes sense. Like energetically, it just feels so different. Yes, exactly. And like, and it's just like knowing that as a projector, your energy is so precious. So Mm -hmm. really limiting it to sharing it unless like people are actually ready for it, Mm -hmm. you know, and like are ready to hear what you have to say. And I think that it's exactly what you shared and that like, just because I tell someone, someone that they're a projector doesn't mean that they like can't initiate or can't start things, but like it often means they're going to experience a whole lot more resistance when they do. Mm -hmm. And so kind of aligning with that strategy of making themselves available for invitations and recognition, um, can just like allow them to move through life with a lot more ease and just like enter into and find the right opportunities. Right. Yeah. That makes so much sense for me personally anyway. Yeah. And are there pieces that you said you were struggling with or is it mostly just the conditioning of like having to like do and make things happen and kind of getting away from that? It's the reprogramming around it for me. I think just kind of like how, not even that how I was raised because I was, it's very similar to you. I was very much seen throughout my childhood and um, recognized for just like my creativity. Um, But I think just society as a whole, I tend to operate more like a man gen, which I think is pretty Mm. common, right? Um, Of course, yeah. Yeah, and I have a lot of, shame around like if I slow down um 
And if I'm not, if I don't feel like I'm pursuing enough, even though I know when that feels incorrect. So yeah, it's just definitely just some like societal reprogramming for me. Mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah. Yes. So I think that, yeah. And it's just a process, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think it is very different for projectors because often they like are living in a world primarily of generators and manifesting generators. So they Mm -hmm. just like feel like they got to keep up, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So then in terms of the strategy, so the strategy for manifestors is, is like, they really are here to kind of just make the first move. Like they basically are here to kind of break the ice and get things started. So whether it is like following an urge to call someone or start a company, it's just mm-hmm. like trusting themselves to just like initiate and make the things happen that come to them mm-hmm. or so that come like in there that they feel an urge to create. And then the second part of their strategy is around the informing piece. It basically means that they might have a tendency sometimes to kind of go off and not let anyone know what they're doing. And that can create a lot of resistance in the people around them. Mm-hmm. So basically by just like letting people know what they're going to do before they do it, which mind you is not like explaining themselves or even asking for permission. It's just like, FYI, I'm doing this, you know, it basically Mm -hmm. allows them to manifest with more ease and also feel like more supported by the people around them. And so it's so, you know, also manifestors have often not felt permission to kind of be as powerful as they are, like initiate. And so it does require some retraining to kind of just like start initiating and see what happens when they do. Mm, Okay. And then the strategy for reflectors is, you know, there are a couple of pieces. One is that they really do need to kind of also wait to be invited in, initiated, because they do bring such a precious wisdom. So making sure that they're really invited in and kind of initiated by others to share it. Um, and then their decision-making, we haven't talked about the other decision-making, but they have this added layer for them of having to give themselves like a full 30 days or ideally a full lunar cycle before they commit to a big decision, oh. because they kind of like need to feel into and sample something from a lot of different options before they know it's correct for them. Oh, wow. That has to be difficult for people who are kind of reprogramming that parts of themselves, I have to imagine. Yeah. I mean, honestly, a lot of reflectors I talk to, they're just like, they get it. They're like, uh-huh, uh-huh. 100%. Sometimes yeah. I need multiple cycles. I'm just like, wow. That's so but interesting. I, it's so crazy. But I think that, you know, at the very least, I'm just like, what's most important is that you're not in an environment where you're being hurried or told mm-hmm. what to do it anyway. Yeah. Or hurried or just kind of like, like do things at your own pace and like in a way that really feels good to you. Mm. So what are some misconceptions of each design? So like, for instance, I know that projectors, um, it can, it can be that we're lazy, right? Or just sitting back and waiting for things to fall in our lap, which isn't true. So can you shed some light on the misconceptions that can come along with each? Yeah. I think that like sometimes with generators and manifesting generators, like, you know, it can be like, they're just like worker bees. Like they're just here Mm -hmm. to build everyone else's stuff because they're the ones that have the energy and like, it's not true. It's like they can build all their own ideas. It just means that they really carry the life force to like bring things to life and make things happen. Like, thank God for these people. And so, but like knowing that they really only can do it in a way that feels good if they're actually lit up by what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And so like a lot of them come to me, they're like, can I start my own company? Can I do my own thing? And so understanding that like they can absolutely do that. They're basically just waiting for their gut response to let them know what they're available for. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. And then I think with projectors, yeah, the laziness, like sometimes projectors are like, oh God, I just like have no energy or even like I'll have projectors come. They're like, yeah, I like had all this energy, but then I just like force myself to rest because that's what I'm supposed to do. And I'm just like, leverage the energy when it's there. Mm. It's not like you need to just like have all this energy and then just resist it. It's more just like knowing when to stop and also knowing that you amplify the energy of the people around you. And so if you're around a lot of people, whether it's like going out or with a team, like knowing when to pull away and Mm. when to kind of reconnect to your own energy. Um, I think with also with projectors, like we can be a little bit 
what I like a shadow, this is not really a misconception, but just kind of a shadow, shadowy part is that because recognition is so important for projectors, sometimes we just like overgive. Mm. We just like want to be recognized so badly that we're just like giving guidance to people that don't care, like just like try, you yeah. know, what I mean? just giving, giving, giving yeah. with like no exchange in return. Yeah, when you're like, I can solve this for you, like I know yeah. how you can solve this problem. Yeah. And and so it's like, yes, as a projector, you're just so innately can see those things and that mm-hmm. is the gift, but just like really only like allowing only like doing that for the people that actually want that your guidance, like your guidance is not really going to be received well, unless it's really invited in. Um, a misconception for manifestors. I think that, have you heard any misconceptions for manifestors? I don't know. I guess I'm just wondering, maybe like, I, I don't, I feel bad using this word, but almost like selfishness because they are sort of always doing their own thing. Right. And they don't necessarily feel inclined or like know innately that they should like communicate what they yeah. want to do or what they're going to do. Yeah. You know? I, yeah. I think I that, don't know like, if that's the right word, but. Well, and it's also, you know, when you think about manifestors, what's interesting is when people ask around famous people, like a lot of like the more like authoritative, like dictator mm-hmm. leaders in the past have been manifestors mm-hmm. and mostly because they've like been able to just be like, I'm in power and I'm stepping into it, you know? And so I think sometimes there are associations with that. And I just think knowing that like manifestors actually like inspire so many people by just stepping so authentically into their power, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think also what I remind them of is that like, the biggest shadow for manifestors is like not trying is like trying to fit in and just like oh. trying to be like everyone else. And my encouragement for them is like be unapologetic. Like stand so tall in who mm. you are and like know that you're a little bit polarizing and that's part of your magic. And know that like you're probably gonna really inspire some people and like totally trigger others and just like owning that. And they seem to really get that. You know, I think that like when they like their biggest shadow would be kind of people pleasing and just like, mm. you know, trying to accommodate everyone else. And I think that in terms of that informing piece, like it is actually very unnatural for them. That's like the most unnatural piece in all of human design. Most of human design feels really natural once we lean into it. Mm-hmm. Informing is not natural. It's just like a tool that they can use to make their life easier. That gave me so many chills for the manifestors listening. I'm ah. sure that just like felt so good to hear. I'm not even a manifester. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, that was a good message. Yeah, no, it's so, I, I love working with manifestors because again, they're just, again, they're also a minority. And so they're mm-hmm. like often in other ways, just haven't felt permission to be all that they are. And it's, I even remember I was like doing a session once for like the dancers at the Knicks, like a, a sports cool. team in New York. And there was one manifestor in the room and I remember her being like, share this. And she's like, I don't know. Like, I really don't feel that powerful. Like, I don't feel like I step into it. And like everyone on the team was like, Oh my, like they all like saw it so deeply in her. And it was just so cool in that kind of environment because she was like, wow, I've been like resisting this my entire life. But like she was, it was being mirrored back so collectively that people just saw it. And so it is kind of really fun doing it with people, you know, or doing it with teams because people can kind of see some things that you might not see in yourself. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. Um, and then reflectors, um, misconceptions or reflectors. So, you know, I think sometimes there's a misconception, like they're just like that they don't really like have an identity, mm. you know, or that like, they're just like, their job is just to like mirror back things. It's like, what mm-hmm. are they here to do? Right. And I think that like, it's really just knowing that their gift is really in kind of just like wearing a lot of different hats or ways of being like, they can just be so fluid in their expression and like seeing that as a gift and like not something to run away from, you know, and it's not like they don't have their own identity. They absolutely do. It's just like, they're going to probably have different levels of energy and different ways of expressing on different ways. And so like the, the wisdom is just like leaning into that and kind of being a little bit surprised every day, like how you feel and where you are and knowing that as a reflector, being in the right space is so important for you just because you're going to be really 
taking in and mirroring and kind of magnifying whatever space you're in. Mm, yeah, that's beautiful. Okay. Yeah. So next, let's talk about not self-theme because I remember when I first learned this, I was like, that's such a weird way to name it. It felt very confusing for me. But then the minute that I found out what mine was, I catch myself so often being like, oop, yep, that's my not self-theme. And it's been a really, really beautiful tool for me to kind of get right back into alignment. So can you touch on what those are or what the not self-theme is? Yeah, so every type is just going to have these little signs that kind of reveal whether they're on or off track, and they Mm -hmm. can feel like super simple, but they're just like incredibly revealing. Mm -hmm. And so for projectors, a sense of being on track is a feeling of success, which Mm -hmm. is just feeling like recognized and appreciated and invited in. Mm -hmm. And a sense of being off track is bitterness, which is like not feeling recognized, (laughs) not feeling appreciated, not feeling invited in, you know, and, and the thing about the not self is that it's not the point is not to eradicate it it's not like oh my god we have to eradicate bitterness in our lives but more like just use it as a tool like when it shows up it's just like an opportunity to kind of course correct and be like okay I'm not feeling recognized I'm not feeling appreciated at this job like maybe it's time to leave the job Mm. or maybe I need to have a conversation with my boss and see if the recognition and invitation is still there right you know yeah it's like a little love nudge yes to just kind of like reevaluate and step back I know that when I, the last company that I worked for, I would definitely have those moments. And I would always be like, maybe it's time to go. And then I would have a conversation and be like, you know what, actually like, we're just going to rejigger this role mm. and it's going to feel a lot better. Yeah. Um, and then for generators and manifesting generators, a sense of being off track is frustration, which often is a, like, just like a feeling of feeling resentful or dissatisfied okay. in the work that they're doing or feeling like they're initiating things that it's not happening. And then on track is satisfaction. It's just kind of like going to bed satisfied, like just like enjoying connected mm. to the work that you're doing for manifestors. It's anger when they're off track, which is often like, and it, that's obviously an intense emotion. It can show up in other ways too, but it's just like when their flow is kind of disrupted and they're not sure. really empowered to kind of have as much control or do things in their own way as the way in the way that they want to. And it says of being on track is peace, which is like manifesting with peace, letting people know what you're doing and kind of moving forward without interference mm. and for reflectors off track is disappointment kind of just taking it off and like not well-being or like not not great stuff in your environment or trying to be just one thing and a sense of being on track is surprise which is part of that magic of being like I'm just going to embrace however I feel every day and kind of just keep adapting and molding and being surprised by like every evolution and not try to be just one thing mm, yep that makes perfect sense okay This episode is sponsored by the Anchor app. This app has truly changed my podcasting flow in a multitude of ways, as I'm now able to record more often due to it being a one-stop shop for recording, editing, distributing, and sponsorships. This app is completely free, which is pretty unheard of in the podcasting world, as majority of hosting platforms require a storage fee. So not only is the app free and incredibly easy to use, but it helps to match you with brands that you as the host believe in and want to support and so that you can get paid to podcast. I'm so grateful to have been introduced to this platform as I've literally gotten hours of my life back just by switching to Anchor, which took all of one minute to do. This is an amazing place to start if you're interested in creating a podcast of your own. You can find them at anchor.fm forward slash start to join myself and so many others in the podcast movement. That's anchor.fm forward slash start. Thank you so much, Anchor, for supporting this episode and for changing the podcasting game for the better. Um, So within relationships, whether that's like with our family or friends or partners, are there certain designs that 
quote unquote, like mesh better with others? Or does it simply just come down to just having an understanding of each kind of like how you were saying where you really love to like sit down with your friends, your partner and like have these discussions? Yeah, I think that I will say like anything's possible. You know what I mean? I (laughs) just think because I think some people are like, oh, like, you know, my partner's this, we can't be together, whatever it is, like Mm -hmm. anything's possible. Yeah. I think some relationships are going to require more work than others. And that's less around the type and more around like how many centers are colored in when you come together and like how like much that relationship is kind of held together. And I think that like if you're with somebody that's of a similar design or maybe of a similar way of making decisions, then there's just going to be like a, a foundation of friendship, of harmony, of just really understanding each other in that way. But often we're attracted to difference. So like mm-hmm. if you're a projector with a manifesting generator or a projector with a manifester, like just if you know and honor like how different than you are, then like everything's possible. I think where we get so tripped up just in life is when we kind of are expecting someone to be different than what they are. Oh, yeah. You know, so I mm-hmm. think human design is such a powerful tool and like, you know, helping people understand like with my partner and I knowing that he's got the energy to like create and build and do my energy is like there, but in a much more, it ebbs and flows. Like he makes decisions in the moment through his gut. I need a whole lot more time to feel into things. Like he's like such a get in the details, like investigate things. I'm like very much a little bit more aloof and like the things work and I'm like, I'm good. Yeah. And so it's just like having a language for those differences has been so useful because we can kind of just like really just see these as differences within ourselves rather Mm -hmm. than like, God, I wish you were more similar to me. Why don't you see it that way? Yeah. I remember doing my sister's chart. Um, she's a projector, and um, as well as her three kids. And I remember we were sitting out in her balcony, and I was just like digesting their charts and then reading them to her and trying to explain the little that I knew. And we both had our jaws to the floor because it all just made so much sense, especially for her, because one of them yeah. struggles so much to express himself. Um, he's a manifesting generator. So again, his not self theme would be frustration. And that was just so crystal clear. And it was really cool. Cause it, you know, little by little started to alter the way that my sister holds space for him now. Um, mm. and it just helped a lot, even just like within him, it was just really sweet to see him feeling just more understood and recognized and not always having to default to that place of frustration. So even with, I don't have kids of my own yet, but I just can't wait to use this tool to be able to guide me within parenting them. I imagine, you know, that's like so, so important and crucial to be able to start young, you know, honor their authenticity. Yeah. And the founder of human design had always said just that. He's just like, he's like, human design is like, it's really for the kids. You know what I mean? Like we can use it for the adults. Like it's so useful for us because it helps us align and like really step into who we are. But like when you really introduce it to kids from a very early age and parent them according to it and just like honor their uniqueness, like you basically are giving them permission to be who they are from day one. I love that so much. So it's really, I love that you did that. And it's just like, it really is so useful and like often just such a relief. And like, you're going to parent a projector kid different than a generator or a manifester and so it just like gives us such clarity into how best to support the people in our lives yeah and it was such a gift both ways because I think my sister was like hitting this wall where she was like am I doing something wrong you know like am I I'm just like not feeling like I'm being like the best parent to him and it kind of just gave her permission to be like no like it's not you it's the two of you dancing together with your different types and like here's how you can meet halfway yeah exactly and so just feeling the permission is so powerful, Yeah, you know, and just understanding how different they are. Absolutely. So how does human design, if at all, but come into play when it comes to like our physical health, since it's all about energetics, essentially, I imagine each type probably has an ideal way it prefers to take an exercise or certain foods. Is that accurate? 
Yeah, it's less around the type, actually. There's so oh. a few pieces. Like, often the areas that are open, just the open centers, are areas where we're a little bit more vulnerable in our design. So, like, often when we are experiencing, like, physical ailments, ailments, you can usually attach it to a center and, like, being off track in that area. Oh. And so that's going to be really useful. It's like, yeah, like, maybe your digestion as a generator is not going so well, and perhaps that's because you're, like, really not listening to your gut, you know, and not honoring it, or perhaps, like, as a projector, our digestion is off because we're just like overzealous and taking on too much. So it's really, that can be so useful. There are layers of human design that speak to how we best kind of digest and take in food. Mm -hmm. It's a a deeper layer. Like even if you look up your design and see that chart, it's actually not even in there. It's like a different, um, it's just deeper. There's so much more than you can actually see there. And it basically means, it basically speaks to like the conditions under which we best digest food. And so some people are like meant to eat in the sun, you know? Oh, interesting. Yeah, other people meant to eat like you know when the sun sets in the dark other people like for me it's really good to have a lot of activity around eat when I stand up eat when I'm moving when I'm walking you know which I was always like what but it's so true you know other people it's like not mixing their food like eating one ingredient at a time like one vegetable at a time like what people need music around them other people need silence oh my gosh yeah often we do these things intuitively like even I love this story I had a a longtime client and we were looking up her son's eating and basically he needs like like sound and music around him when he eats mm-hmm. and basically whenever she like gives him a meal he'll literally be like mom will you please like turn the radio up and she's like oh. what in the world like why do you want that and now she's like oh my god he just knows like often we know that stuff intuitively yeah. so can human design just like allows us to step into it a little bit more human design also speaks to just like you know the consistency under which we're meant to eat like for you it's actually good to have a little bit more consistency of like waking up and having breakfast you know and then having lunch and then having dinner like mm-hmm. you've got this very powerful brain that kind of needs like food to kind of keep up your just like mental clarity mm-hmm. whereas like my design like inconsistency is great it's like eat when I'm hungry drink when I'm thirsty like it just like doesn't quite need that level of just like consistency and input oh that's interesting yeah I feel that so there are just like so many layers you know and there's some stuff I type too I think in general with projectors because we can be so sensitive to energy in general it's good to not eat like super huge or heavy meals mm-hmm. but more kind of just like graze and eat smaller meals throughout the day and because we can be so sensitive to the desires of other people to like always just check in with ourselves and be like is this something I really want to eat or am I kind of taking on other mm-hmm. people's desires because like sometimes so I'm like not hungry at all and then I like sit down at a table with friends and I'm like starving I'm like wait what happened you know yeah right. and so just checking in and be like what's actually well, and I know I've also heard, um, and I would just like to hear your perspective on this, but I've also heard, so for projectors specifically, and since that's my design type, I'm going to go with that, um, that it's better to do workouts that are like slow moving. So like bar, Pilates, whatever, as opposed to like hit classes. Is that accurate? Yeah, I mean, that was definitely not a thing that came through for the founder of Human Design. That's okay. not like in any of the original texts. You didn't talk about par, you know, yeah. obviously. But like, yeah. I do think that as a projector, you know, knowing that we're a little bit prone to becoming a little bit overzealous and mm. that our energy operates best in spurts, like it is honoring maybe that some of the slower moving stuff. Like I've definitely done a lot of the more intense stuff in the past and it's kind of burned me out. And so doing this lower moving stuff definitely works for me. There are other pieces of your design. Like for example, based on my configuration of centers, like I really do have to move and sweat every day. That's like, I have to, because mm-hmm. I have a lot of things that are moving around in my design and I have to release in that way. But I do think in general, it is a little bit good for projectors to not like really hit their limits. Whereas like generators or manifestors might have that capacity or that desire a little bit more. Oh, sure. Okay. Okay. 
So, that yeah, that makes perfect sense. So, um, before we started recording, you pulled up my chart. So, do you mind um, doing a little reading of my chart? So, for anyone who's following along, you can kind of see how, first of all, how a reading with Aaron Claire would be, probably more in depth than what we'll do here. Um, but then also, it can kind of give people a good guide as to how to navigate. Yeah. So, you know, we talked about the type and the strategy piece. Mm -hmm. I would always would start with that. It would always go into how someone's designed to make decisions. So mm -hmm. for you, you're what we call a self-projected decision maker. And it basically, which I know makes no sense, but it means <laughs> that like, you're basically meant to just like talk things out and verbally process like your knowing and your clarity comes through your voice. And so the best thing that you can do when you make decisions is to surround yourself by people that you trust and just let yourself talk, not people that are trying to give you advice or like, you know, like have an agenda, but people that just like ask you questions are going to pull your truth out of you and you're wow decision-making is so connected to your identity. So it's always yeah. helpful to ask yourself questions like, will this decision like allow my self-expression? Like, will it allow my creativity? Like, mm -hmm. will it really move me in the right direction? Will it really make me happy? So as much as you can kind of talking things out and like putting things through that lens of the identity piece, how does that part feel to you? Really beautiful. And I want to tell you why really quick there, my sister and I do this one thing I mentioned too, that she's a projector and it has nothing to do with that. We've been doing this forever. Um, but like when we need to talk about something, we'll call or even text sometimes and just be like, Hey, I just need to be heard. And exactly. we'll talk and the other person will be like, okay. And then we'll mm -hmm. just like hang up and it's perfect. Like we feel so understood and like, we just know what to do. And yes, there are times where we need advice, but we're verbal that like, I would like your mm -hmm. feedback, but we have this really beautiful understanding of just like, just hear me. And when you said that I got chills cause I was like, Oh, mm -hmm. that is so, so true. Exactly. I love that. And there's, we also all have like different definitions or different yeah. ways of processing things. Oh, sorry. One piece just based on what you said. We're always doing this stuff naturally. You know, again, uh -huh. like human design is not about telling us stuff we don't know. Yeah. It's stuff that we do know. But then it's like, oh, that is my way of making decisions. How can I lean into that even more? Right. Um, so you're something, you're what we call a split definition, which basically means that like, there's like a naturally collaborative nature to your energy where it's like, you're not really here to just like be doing things by yourself all the time. Like it really is good to be around other people. Mm -hmm. And there's a sense of wholeness that comes from being around other people. So like, if you ever feel stuck in making a decision or whatever, just like being around other people can help. Like, I know it's a little bit more challenging when everyone's quarantined right yeah. now, but like, you know, going on a walk in the park, going to a coffee shop, going to a restaurant, like just being around people can be so activating for your energy and probably allow you to communicate things that you maybe didn't have access to before. Oh, interesting. Okay. And so that's just like, some of us just like need to be around people in different ways. Mm -hmm. Other people are a little bit more independent. Mm -hmm. Then I would always go through the open centers. You know, we talked about the open emotional center. I think some of the other big open centers for you is like you have what we call an open ego center, which means that sometimes you might have a little bit of an inconsistent sense of self-esteem and willpower, which yep. means like, you know what I mean? You might feel <laughs> yeah. amazing by yourself and then less amazing. Like you might have the willpower to do something and then not so much. Yeah. And so like, it just vacillates. And so like the most important lesson with this one is that like knowing that you're not here to prove a thing. And if you're ever oh, making wow. a commitment or doing something out of a desire to prove yourself, it is just not going to be the right thing. So really like yeah. never letting that be the driver. Oh, that just landed so heavy in the best way for me, especially the willpower piece. I think, you know, being able to like forgive myself for not always being able to follow through. I've mm -hmm. always had a lot of shame around that of being like, what is wrong with me? Like, why can't I like follow through with this, you know, totally or not overcommitting myself. Yeah. And you're meant to be just like really flexible with the promises that you make. So mm -hmm. rather than be like, yes, I will get this done by tonight. Like, it's just like, 
I will get it done. You know what I mean? When <laughs> yeah. I do, like, just like, yeah. you know, and there are limits, but it's just like, right. you might not always be able to anticipate when the willpower comes. So kind of honoring that. Yeah. Um, you know, another big open area for you is just kind of being a little bit overzealous, just like saying too many yeses, taking on too much, like literally not yeah. knowing when to stop mm-hmm. and just like, just making yourself wrong for being tired or not doing enough. And so, so much of your work is about finding smarter, more efficient ways of working. And it's never about working harder. Mm -hmm. And like knowing your role is really in leading and guiding the process and not in doing all the doing. Um, You also might have a tendency to be in a little bit too much of a hurry sometimes and feel like a pressure to kind of get things done very quickly. And so, so much of your work is really in kind of tuning into what's worth hurrying for and what's not and not applying a sense of urgency to everything that you do. That is, that's literally why the Calm Collective was born because I was Uh, so tired. It was five, like five years ago, I was so tired of that feeling of urgency. Like it's what brought forth a lot of anxiety. I couldn't heal from like the grief of losing my dad. It was just like... Mm-hmm. all consuming and so I built this platform and that has like truly what it's been about was to like let go of that sense of urgency to be in such a hurry and to just really feel more grounded in my day-to-day so that's so wild that you said that because mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. all on my own too you know that's just like what felt natural I couldn't withstand that anymore but it's also so cool because the areas in which we're open are the areas that we're here to be wise. So an area mm. in which you're here to be wise is like how to handle pressure wow. and stress, you know, and yeah. calm. And so like, it's so cool that that's an area in which you're sharing now. Um, so that's like a little taste of some of the open centers. I think, you know, another interesting piece to look at in anyone's design is their channels and their channels are just kind of like their natural strengths. And so like one big one for you, I know you mentioned creativity earlier, but like you have the strength of being the creative role model, which is just kind of like mm. being just creative in general, but also like modeling what it means to be like a really authentic and unique and like self-expressed individual. And like knowing that by kind of honoring your own creativity and being so expressive, you basically inspire the people around you to kind of be equally bold. Mm. And there's like a very natural leadership capacity for this one. All those, these people are like not always so interested in being followed. They just like are natural leaders. So mm-hmm. Um, and then you also carry the strength of one other one you carry is the strength of being a witness, which is just like being such a good listener and being able to kind of hear everyone's stories and kind of like integrate them and retreat and then kind of come back and share like truths that you've heard from like across the collective, you know? So hopefully that's a thing you can do on the podcast a little bit. Absolutely. So when you're talking about the channels, what does that look like when people are looking at their charts? What piece is that? So if you look at the charts, you'll see all those centers and you'll see, unless you're a reflector, you won't see this, but everyone else, you'll see lines that connect one center to another. It could be one line, it could be 10, but it basically, you have three, for example. And so just whatever, whenever there's a full line connecting one center to another, it can be black, red, black, red, together, whatever it is, like those are just like the things that are operating more consistently. Oh, interesting. Okay. That makes sense. And so you said reflectors don't have any? They don't have any because oh, wow. with reflectors, all their centers are white and open. Wow, that is so crazy. Okay. So yeah, crazy. I guess that makes sense um, based on their type, yeah. Right, exactly. And then the last piece I would share is that, you know, the profile is also a very interesting part of your design. And there are kind of 12 different profiles in human design. And so you're what we call a three five. And so basically there are two pieces. The three means that like, you're very much here to kind of like learn through trial and error and experimentation and making Mm -hmm. mistakes. You're here to like bump into things and just like learn as you go and do it all yourself and never making yourself wrong for kind of not getting it right the first time. And then you also have a very natural leadership kind of problem solving, fixing quality where you're really here to like come in, save the day, offer a solution no one has thought of, and then like check back out. 
the thing for you to be aware of is sometimes there might be a tendency for other people to kind of project that you can do things like Mm. project that you can fix them or guide them or lead them or save them. And so for you to just be so wise and just like aware of what you're actually available to give and like not constructing your identity based on what other people see in you, but kind of knowing yourself well enough to really know what you're available for. Oh, that's amazing. I really needed to hear the three part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Just like, and just like, there's like really no such thing as a mistake for you. You're just like, okay, gaining wisdom, gaining wisdom. I'm just yeah. going to keep getting wisdom. Oh, that's truly I'm as how much going to figure out all the things that don't work as I am here to discover all the things that do. Yeah. It can sound so trite and cliche sometimes, but I really do have that like deep belly feeling of just like life is just a big giant lesson for me. Yes, um, that exactly. there's something to take away and everything. And sometimes it really sucks and it's painful, but ultimately it's still a lesson. That's really cool. Exactly. And like you can actually create so much value for others and kind of Mm -hmm. sharing your personal experience. Like that's actually going to so transform other people because you're like, I've done all these things. These are the (laughs) things I've learned. This is how I've gone through it. And like, that's what creates value for others. I love that. So where can people find their profile on their chart? So if you look up your design, it'll just say profile. If you, and the profile is like the weird fraction number, you can find it just looking at the chart, but if you, wherever you look it up, it will, it will lay out the number and that's probably the easiest way. Okay, perfect. Um, And then if people want to dive deeper into like what their profile means, I know you offer that in your one-on-one readings and then you also offer that on your blueprints, right? Which we'll talk about in a little bit. Okay, good. Just want to make sure people know that they can expand further on that. Um, Okay. So when people do a reading with you, you dive into their entire chart and you dissect all of their open, closed centers. Um, and then do you explain like what those arrows are at the top? Cause there's four total. So what do those mean? Yeah. I think that in a session, like it's really dependent on where the person is and like what's okay. going to be most relevant. Sure. There's people that I've done 30 sessions with. Like there's just wow. so many layers of information you can go into. Okay. And so it's really just like, again, it's like what would be most useful for this person to kind of know. And yeah. so like the arrows are useful. It's often not the first piece I go into, but like if that's a thing that's relevant to where they are, like, of course. Okay. The arrows are more around like our cognition and kind of how our brain and mind work. And so for you, it's like all the arrows are facing left. And so it means that there's like like consistency and like discipline and like focus and strategy, those things are really good for you. Like, you know, you really are here to eat in a consistent way. You're here to kind of be in environments that really bring out your activity. Mm. You're here to be very kind of strategic and focused in the way that you take in information um, to kind of like when you think about the future to get super clear and detailed on exactly what you want it to look like. And so there's just kind of like a zooming in that you're such a natural at, whereas a lot of other people are a little bit more passive, just kind of like always taking in information. They might not know all the things they know until like it gets pulled out of them. But like for you, it's really this like strategic kind of focused mind that you carry. Got it. So the arrows are kind of like an umbrella, like an overarching umbrella. And each each one has a different meaning. Like the top left one is around the digestion of food. The bottom left one is around the environment. The top right one is around um, just kind of how our mind works. The other one is around the bottom right one is kind of more around our strategy for the future. Got it. Okay. And so they, and it's more, they're either going to be facing left or right. And so it's really useful when you can like help people know, like, should they be a little bit more in the flow when when they're trying to be super disciplined and it's not working for them? Or should they be actually a little bit more disciplined and strategic and focused if they're trying to be a little bit too much in the flow got it that makes perfect sense okay yeah so such an interesting piece to look into yeah I knew nothing about the arrow so that's really fascinating 
Um, so I know you also do leadership coaching through human design with like businesses and executives. I think this is so amazing. Can you talk a bit more about how human design has helped and how it can help people in business? Yeah. So, you know, human design like is so powerful in just understanding how we're uniquely wired to lead Mm -hmm. as managers and also like how each person on your team can operate at their best. And so, you know, human design in general just brings us more into alignment with who we are, but it's so useful in a team context because like one, people can like step into like how they're really designed to operate best, but also just like has such a deeper understanding of how the people around them operate. Because like knowing who's a projector, how to really hone them for maybe more management positions, like, you know, knowing who a manifester is, like really giving them a more freedom and kind of just like mm-hmm. practicing that strategy of informing, like know who's a generator and a manifesting generator and like ensuring that they're so lit up by what they're doing and so like on fire about it, getting them support wherever they're not. Yeah. Or like as a reflector, like knowing their perspective is so unique. So how can you make sure you recognize them and kind of invite them in to share it. And so I think with the team stuff, you know, often it's working with just like leaders to kind of like help them as they build their team. We use it in hiring too of like, how can we engineer a team most effectively? And also doing, I do a lot of like team deep dives. So like sitting down with everyone on the team and just really helping them understand how they kind of just best understand each of them and like yeah. how they can kind of work best as a collective. And so it can fit in the umbrella of like Myers-Briggs or StrengthsFinder or DISC. Um, in some ways, it obviously is just a different system and looks a little more of like the energetics and the specifics, but um, they're also useful. But yeah, I, that's that was kind of what I was initially drawn to with human design. So mm-hmm. it's always so fun to share in that way. I think that is so fascinating. And just like kind of being able to give each person a unique perspective on like what they can really bring to the table and where they're really meant to shine. And I'm sure once they hear it, you know, like we've said, that it resonates so deeply. Exactly. Um, yeah. And everyone's just recognized. That's so amazing. It's so fun. I love that. It's so useful. It's just like, it's, you know, so often I'll work with clients. They're like, send this to my boss. Like, if only they understood how I work, you know? So yeah. it's going to be so cool to understand it in that context. Yeah. So I'm curious about something. Speaking of jobs and work, do you, are there any like examples of jobs that are better in alignment for each design, design type? Not saying that there's like only one, but like a general field of work that usually suits um, a design type especially well, or is it kind of just all over? I would say it's all over because I think it's a little limiting to like do just one field. I think it's more on the container. You know, I think a generator, it's like they could do anything as long as they're like lit up by it and excited by it. I think with a manifesting generator, they're probably going to need a container where they need to have a little bit more freedom Mm -hmm. and flexibility and like manifesting generators can move very fast and like skip some steps along the way. So Mm -hmm. it's probably good for them to have support around them to kind of like handle the more step by step pieces of the process so they can just be in their own flow. I think as projectors, like they really are often natural in management positions, like whether it's as a CEO or just like a manager, you know, or working, like I said, one-on-one with people, like just knowing that their role is really in like, you know, of course being lit up by what they're doing, but more just like in guiding other people's energy. Um, you know, I think we call manifestors innovators in business because they're so naturally just like creative and innovating and, you know, such visionaries. And so like, they're going to need a container where they just like have the freedom to innovate and the freedom to like envision new things and new ways of doing things. And also having the support around them to kind of bring the idea to life once they've got it started. And I think for reflectors, like I always kind of joke the best place for them is like to be the CEO whisper, which I know mm. is like not really a job you can apply <laughs> for, but like being like, again, just it, it's the idea of them like, kind of whispering in the CEO's ear and just like letting them know like all the things that they're seeing and exploring and kind of in their own mind. And so that can be a really good place for them. Mm, Yeah. Is there 
ever a point where you feel like our human design or like knowing about our type and really learning about our type can inhibit us from like new life experiences? In other words, is it possible to follow our human design to a fault? No, not in my opinion. I think Mm. that there are ways that we could understand it and like have that limit us for sure. Mm -hmm. But like the idea with human design is it's not like laying out your path. It's not Mm. like, okay, take this step and then this step, you know, and like, you can only do this. It's like, it's letting us know, like, what is the best way to enter into things? And like, what is the best way to tap into our body to know what's right for us? Like, I can't ever tell someone what they're going to do, but I can like, let them know, like how they're going to know if it's right for them. And so I think that human design is definitely not meant to be limiting or hold you back in any way. And I always remind people, like, if they're feeling held back or like they're not doing something because of their human design, like they're often not understanding it correctly, you know? And so like, because they're like putting themselves in too much of a box and like human design really doesn't put us into a box quite as much. It just like helps us understand how we can navigate with a lot more success. So I've never had the experience and obviously like I'm biased because like this is my like work right now and I love it so much and like, Mm -hmm. but I've never had the experience where it's felt like it has held people back in any way. Like Mm -hmm. it really feels like more so it just aligns people with the correct path for them and just gives them the tools they need to kind of like navigate it with a little bit more trust Mm -hmm. and like a lot less control. I agree. And I feel that so deeply. And I think it's a really important question to ask because, um, Again, like coming back to like astrology and like, you know, the daily horoscopes, there are people who kind of, you know, can sometimes take that so accurately where they have like defined their day around that. Um, And so I'm very glad that you shed light on sort of how it's supposed to feel energetically within human design. It's not meant to put you in this box. It's not meant to limit you in any way. And if it is, perhaps you need to expand a little bit more (laughs) in your understanding of, of, you know, your specific type. Um, I just know that as a rule, like it's not here to limit you. And so like, it's not like you're doing it wrong. It's more just like, okay, like if I'm using this as an excuse or to like, Mm -hmm. you know, say you're emotional like me and you need more time when you make decisions. Like if I'm like avoiding making a decision because I'm emotional, like that's obviously not the right way to do it. You know, so just being like, are there ways in which I'm kind of like holding myself back or dimming my light because of it and knowing that like that is so not the intention. So kind of reevaluating it from that perspective. Yeah, that's beautiful. So we're recording this during the coronavirus, which we touched on, and I imagine this probably lands differently from an energetic standpoint for each type. So with that being said, could you provide just a little guidance for each, um, for each design type in this specific season of life? Yeah, I think that like, I, you know, I just posted about this on Instagram and there's some good ones there. I think that like, it's such a powerful time to just like honor who it is we are. You know, Mm -hmm. I think as a projector, it's a really powerful time. Like obviously there are going to be people on the front lines who are, you know, at the hospitals who are working the grocery stores, the pharmacists, the delivery people, like people that are just like out there and putting themselves at risk. I think Mm -hmm. if you're quarantined at home, um, you know, as a projector, it's like leveraging this time for rest, like really learning how to honor the ebbs and flows of your energy and knowing that you are such a natural guide. So like you can offer such powerful guidance in this time. So like leaning into that, you know, Mm. knowing that people are going to want that. I think with like generators and manifesting generators, it's like knowing that you so lift up other people's energy when you are really investing your energy in the things that you enjoy so even if you might be contained in your home or whatever it is like letting it still be a creative time for you like 
perhaps like, you know, my partner's a generator and like he, you know, I mean, he's just like hosting a town hall next week for like mm-hmm. hundreds of people online about like dating in the time of coronavirus. Like, oh, that's amazing. Just, like the, the container of this, this just like these conditions have yeah. triggered something so inspiring in him. So it's just like, let it be a creative time, mm-hmm. you know, like don't feel like, oh, I can't do anything. Like it's by doing the things that you actually like create energy for every other person. Mm-hmm. So like, let this be a creative time. I think for the manifestors, like you guys are just natural, like leaders, you're like, out there in front like moving in a new direction and so I think that like and can be a little bit provocative so I think that like really standing in your power right now and like letting us know what you see and where things are going like I just think that like that could be such a powerful form of leadership that people need um and then I think for reflectors like knowing that your perspective is so valuable because you can really kind of mirror back the collective in a way that a lot of us don't have the same access to and so just like sharing your perspective like maybe it's just with on FaceTime with friends, maybe it's with family, but just knowing that it is by your perspective is so valuable. So again, kind of really just sharing it and trusting that like it's by sharing it that, you know, people can better understand what's going on and and lean into that. Mm, Thank you for sharing that. That's really comforting to get that perspective. Yes, of course. It's a weird time. Yeah, (laughs) it is. (laughs) So I want to touch on the blueprints that you create for your clients. Can you explain what that is exactly? Yeah, so the blueprint is a 30-page PDF that I hand make on your unique design. So it basically covers all the pieces we went through today and so much more. And the idea is to just give you kind of like a resource manual written guide to kind of your unique way of operating. Um, And it's a thing that you can like keep going back to. Like I have clients that are like two years later, like I still go back to it every month. I still go back to it like with every big decision. Like it's just such a reminder of like your makeup in a way that you can like keep returning to to kind of just like lean deeper and deeper into it every time. I didn't realize it was that extensive. 30 pages? Yeah, oh, I'm I mean, doing that like right when we hang 45. up. <laughs> what did you say? I said, I am doing that right when we hang up. Oh, my God. Yeah, I love yeah, that. That yeah, sounds it's, amazing. It's a lot. And they're all different. You know, I've I made thousands at this point, and, like, no two are the same. So oh, it's just a reminder of, like, how unique we each are. Oh, that's really beautiful that you do that. Okay. Yeah. My God, I love it so much. It's so fun. It's just like, I think that I love doing sessions with people. I do a lot of sessions, but also there's a limit for how many sessions I can do in a week and like how many people can reach through that. And I was always making the blueprints for the session. So it was so cool to start that as its own offering because it's just like that actually just is enough for a lot of people. They just like have their manual. They can just go with it. So yeah, I was going to say it's something tangible. Exactly. And I think that they can just keep returning to. That's amazing. So I want to close out with what I call, I need to come up with a new name for it, but I call it rapid fire questions, but please take your time in answering. (laughs) I know it's true. I always feel pressure with the rapid fire. Yeah, please don't. Yeah. Yeah, They're just questions in a row that I'd love to hear your, your answers for. So in this season of life, what are you most grateful for? Oh my God, just like my relationships. I think that like my living here with my partner, being quarantined with him is like weirdly fun just because I love Mm -hmm. him so much. And like just being like connected with friends, it feels like this is a time of life where we're just like connecting so much more proactively Mm -hmm. via FaceTime with people that we love. So I feel really grateful for that. I feel really grateful to have a home that I love um, for my family that they're safe right now. Mm -hmm. And then also like for my work, you know, it's been such a been able the fact that I've been able to continue working and like connecting with people and that like this can still be such a valuable thing in this time has been so felt so good for me because I think it's felt good to continue serving in the way all the ways that I can yeah it's like such a healing gift that you're able to give people right now in such a weird time of like uncertainty and like dis-ease yeah exactly that's great um what is your morning routine if you have one 
Well, you know, always changing. Yeah. I think that like it's different now. I think I was actually just on a podcast right before this. I was like, did I t- already tell you? No, this is the <laughs> So um, right now, you know, it is I wake up and I meditate for 20 minutes um, in my bed, which is like the most comfortable for me. Mm. And then, um, you know, I can't leave the house. So I do a workout here with my partner. Um, and then I make myself tea and we take a whole lot of supplements and then I start my day. Um, that's, I don't usually take so many supplements, but we're like on a real kick right now with everything that's happening in the yeah. world. So I think that like, it's really just whatever my routine is, it's always going to be like some space in the morning to just connect to me and mm-hmm. like one moving my body and then having some, you know, whether it's Kundalini or meditation, having some other practice there as well. I am such a fan of Kundalini yoga. It's my favorite thing in the entire world. You know, I I've it. taken a little bit of a break with this like new meditation practice that I'm doing, but I've done the teacher training. I've like gone so deep in it. It's, it's really so wonderful. Oh, that's amazing. Um, do you have a mantra that's personal to you? I know I'm asking you to share it with all of us and it's like you're personal mantra but more so just like just some sort of like a phrase that brings you back um Mm. yeah I think that like I wrote a poem a couple years ago and like the first was it the first couple lines well at some part of the poem it's like it just says like and trust and trust and trust and I think Mm. so much of what human design has taught me is that we just really can't control the future it's like our work is to make one aligned decision at a time and just like trust that that will take us all the way there. Like that is the best we can do. And like that just actually opens us up to like so much more magic than we Mm -hmm. ever thought was possible. And so, but I also have a tendency to kind of want to control things. So my partner painted on this like beautiful canvas above my bed in trust and trust and trust. And so it's just such a good reminder. I think whenever I like try to control more than I actually can, he just points me to my bed. Mm-hmm. He's like, it. so it's, yeah. that's a big one for me. Oh, that's amazing. What's your favorite act of self care? My favorite act of self care, you know, it's honestly like being a projector. I think that I had always felt such a pressure to be productive, where it was like, mm-hmm. okay, in all my free time, I got to like take courses and learn this thing mm-hmm. and learn this thing. And like, I think I really learned as a projector just the value of sleep and like really not doing a thing. You know, and so I think my favorite act of self-care right now is honestly just like not doing anything, mm-hmm. like just laying down with like no stimulation, nothing at all. and just kind of like recalibrating. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's been kind of like a thing that I really needed in this time. Yeah. Sleep is mine for sure. Oh, sleep is so big. Nine hours, please. <laughs> oh my God. So good. Yeah. What's your spirit animal? I mean, I don't know if this counts, but like I would say my cat Mo. It's not my cat here, but I grew up in Seattle, like I said, and um, my parents still have him. He was like, yeah. I grew up with him, and he's just like this big, beautiful, like white lion cat with these big blue eyes, and he's so regal. And like, it's just so funny because like I mostly wear white, and I just like that's what I feel good in, and I love wearing yeah. it. And like, it wasn't until a couple of years ago I was like, I think I've just been copying my cat the whole time, <laughs> you know? And so like, he yeah. really like he was just like so my buddy like in all the ways. Like I yeah. slept with my face buried in him for so many years, and so he really feels. I feel so intimately connected with him in that way. Mm. So I might know the answer to this next question then. So if you were a color, what color would you be? I don't know if I would be white. I okay. think I was a color these days. I think I would be like pink, like light pink. Like yeah. I just like never was really into pink. And like my sheets are pink. Like my branding is pink. Like I just love pink. Yeah. And so I think that I'm I'm very into that right now. Okay. Off the top of your head, what are three things making you happy right now? Mm. Three things making me happy. I think my partner. I think um, 
making my own food all the time Mm -hmm. and just like honestly connecting with clients all day. Like it brings me so much joy to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. What breaks your heart? I mean, just what's happening in the world. Like I had such a meltdown this morning. It was Mm -hmm. like New York passed 500 deaths this morning. And I was just like, oh, it's just like, it's such a strange experience to like be isolated ostensibly healthy hopefully in my home and then just be like reading the news about all the things that are literally happening like blocks from me you know I live two blocks from like a big hospital in Brooklyn it's just like so it just it really like the yeah so that's breaking my heart in so many ways right now and just feeling so helpless like you're right there and there's nothing you can do yeah I'm just like right here but I'm not really part of it but I'm here I'm just like I don't know what's going Mm -hmm. on I just like I'm trying to stay as consciously informed as possible Mm -hmm. because like I just like want to be I want to be as supportive as I can but also like I'm so not on the front lines you know and so many people are what soothes your soul Mm. what soothes my soul honestly just like snuggling with my partner Mm. like I just like it really like I said we kind of have the morning routine whether or not we sleep together and like at night and there's just something that feels so like it's just like home you know it just feels so good I think touch like I think right now a lot of people are missing just physical touch Mm -hmm. and so I'm just like so feeling grateful for that just having that so often in the daily experience but I just think that it's really isolating when we don't have enough touch as we need Mm -hmm. yeah what song or musician is on repeat for you right now I mean, I'm, like, so talking too much about my partner right now, but, like, no. his music is, like, the, he's such an unbelievable musician. Oh, that's he's been amazing. making a lot of music at home, and so, like, I've just been hearing him through the walls, and, like, I just, like, he really, he's my favorite, you know? Oh. I, I Someday he'll music, his music will be more out of the world, but it's really just, like, so uplifting and just soothing in all the best ways. That's great. Do you have a favorite book or a current book that you're reading? I'm reading Glennon Doyle's Untamed. Oh. And then Love I'm also her. reading Satguru's Inner Engineering. Okay. I'm kind of going in between the two, but I honestly yeah. got like really hooked into Glennon Doyle's book. Her writing uh, is my absolute favorite. Like I just, she's, like, she's so talented. She's so talented and she's just so like funny and quirky. Mm-hmm. Like she just like, she just has like such, she shares such profound things, which mm-hmm. is like in the quirkiest of ways. Mm-hmm. And I just like, she's just so, I mean, you know, I really have to look up her human design. That's reminding me, but like Ooh, yeah. she just is so authentic. Yeah. So I'm loving it. I just like keep telling my boyfriend, I'm like, and I read this and I love this. And like, <laughs> got it. Got it. So, have yeah, you read her other ones? No, it's my first oh, one. Highly recommend. Okay, good. Yeah, no, I will. They're incredible. What does mindfulness mean to you? Mindfulness, I think, means being like just really present and really conscious. Mm-hmm. You know, I think just like showing up and making decisions based on like what really feels right, being really present in conversation and just being like really conscious of like what I'm choosing, you know, and just like showing up hopefully in my most mm-hmm. highest self and kind of every decision and every moment. Yeah. Lastly, where can people find you? I am Erin Claire Jones everywhere. So Erin Claire Jones on Instagram and then also ErinClaireJones.com is my website. So you can find me on all those places. Yes. And for everyone who's listening, her Instagram is honestly just such an amazing resource. You give away so many good, so much good content for free, which is just like my favorite place to go every day and just sort of like dive in and it's just it's great so thank you so much for being here and just sharing your gift with all of us I have no doubt this is going to impact so many people oh my god thank you so much for having me yeah I'll be in touch in like five minutes because I'm going to order my blueprint okay yay sounds great (laughs) thank you so much of course thank you love 
Oh my gosh, so much good to digest there. I feel like I'm going to be listening to this podcast over and over just to absorb it all. And I hope this really excites you guys and makes you feel even just slightly more understood and seen for exactly who you are. As I mentioned earlier in the show, that's just the biggest gift that human design has given me, the tools to lean into just my natural born energetics and to not apologize for it and to just flow with what's authentic for me. So being a projector is quite literally a true reflection of not only my personality, but how I feel my best, my worst, how I take on the outside world around me, my work ethic, and just what feels right to my soul. In other words, it really feels like this golden permission slip just to be myself, and it really allowed me to come back home to myself. So I really hope it offers up the same for you. So I wasn't lying when I said I was going to order my blueprint with Erin right when I hung up from our episode. I did, and I cannot wait to get it back and to dive in during this time of isolation. I promise to be in touch on another podcast episode, maybe a blog post, and just kind of let you guys know how that blueprint um, turned out. So it just feels like the biggest act of self-care to be able to do this for myself. And I think now more than ever, we could all use a little bit more of that. Um, If you're interested in getting your own blueprint from Erin, she's offering a discount code for all of you. So you can use the link in the show notes and the code is the calm collective. Lastly, if you have a moment, would you take just 60 seconds to give this show a five-star rating and a quick review on iTunes? It really is the leading force behind this podcast. It's what helps it to grow organically and allows me to continue having inspiring and expansive guests like Erin here on the show and just to continue shedding light on the human experience. If and when you leave a review, just make sure to take a screenshot and email it to me at hello at thecomcollective.com and I will send you a link to my print shop to choose any downloadable print that you'd like for free. My way of saying thank you so much. It really does mean the world to me to get your support. So thanks again for tuning in and I will see you back here next week.